Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Isaac Newton Institute podcast. Uh, my name is Dan Aspel, I'm the communications manager here at INI and this time I'm joined by Professor Svitlana Maibaroda. Um, thank you very much. It's lovely to be here with you, Svetlana. Um, Svetlana, you're here attending the ASC program, which you're going to have to help me out here. It's approximation, sampling, and compression in data science. Yes. Yeah, excellent. And that's been running throughout the uh, first half of 2019. Uh, you are here. You're not only a participant in the program, but you are also the Kirk Fellow for the program. Uh, so it's a, a doubly a pleasure to have you with us. Um, can you just give us a little introduction uh, to yourself? Tell us about yourself a little. Um, yes, and I'm uh, positioned in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, at the University of Minnesota. It's uh, been uh, eight years, um, seven, eight years uh, over there. And uh, before that, I was um, a professor at uh, Purdue University, also in Midwest in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, had several postdocs in between and uh, even before graduated from the University of Missouri. Columbia, Missouri. And originally I'm from Ukraine, so my undergraduate education in particular is in uh, Kharkov, Ukraine. Hmm. So what attracted you to uh, studying in the US and then eventually working in the US? Uh, Well, quite frankly, an adventure. I wasn't really uh, uh, planning it in a big way, neither the career in mathematics nor uh, living in the United States. Uh, But somehow, through um, some conversations with the professors and analysis in particular, um, I got um, information about the opportunity to be there, that they're hiring for a graduate school, and um, got a lot of encouragement from my professors. Mm. So I went for it, but mainly sort of like people go to the moon (laughs) um, without really... um, considering it as a big career move or big move in any other way, quite mm. frankly. I was yeah. 19, so it was yeah, yeah. And, just, and it, a, just a wild gesture in some sense. If you'd known that it would lead to a, a career and a life living in the US, uh, would you make the same choice again? Um, certainly, but I also have to admit that at that point... Um, I did not really know what the career in mathematics means, so mm. I wouldn't probably be able to make this choice. So maybe it was safer sort of <laughs> rolling this way than making it a conscious choice. Mm. Well, so what, what, if you hadn't been a professional mathematician, what would you have been? If, you, if we ask 19-year-old... <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's actually very hard to say. You know, Ukraine of those days was a very complicated place. It's, actually she's in part now so probably academia was Mm. not really on the table but um i um i haven't really seriously thought about the career choices at that point yet well it's a happy place to find yourself even Um, even, absolutely this adventure even if it's you know by accident absolutely so it's a wonderful life and um Mm. i'm certainly very happy to be a mathematician Mm. And, and tell us about um the program which i realize is a difficult question because you aren't an organizer of the program, but you are a, a major participant in it. Uh, tell us about the what, what's happening and what has happened in the ASC program. What, what's for, for an audience like myself, uh, who's not a mathematician, what, what's the program been about? Uh, so there is a good portion of it uh, in um, approximation and sampling and uh, well. <laughs> um, 
which uh, stems from uh, the field of mathematics called harmonic analysis, which mm-hmm. is one of my primary specialties, which basically has to do with the with decomposing a given function or process into small pieces in an intelligent way, which both makes it simple to analyze and uh, simple to collect the data from the beginning. Mm. Um, this is where the words harmonic analysis in some sense come from, harmonics as in musical harmonics, mm. as you decompose the sound into notes. Into, yeah, because in, we're we're sitting here speaking at the moment with a, a laptop and a, and, a, and a rather sizable microphone in between us, and I'm, I'm guessing that the kind of on a very basic level, the stuff that we're, we're talking about here relates to what the machine is doing in front of us now. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely, that's the case. And of course, as uh, the data science becomes more and more prominent part of our lives, mm. um, as the computers acquire huge storage capacities and uh, the processing of this information becomes a bigger and bigger challenge, um, the corresponding questions come to light, and in particular, the questions analyzed in this program. Hmm. I'm probably somewhat more on a, um, well, theoretical side would be wrong to say there are a lot of people here who are in the theoretical science, but sort of on a classical harmonic analysis um, side combined with the partial differential equations, which is my area of primary interest. Hmm. Um, So I'm a little bit tangential to some questions considered here, but uh, definitely... uh, in this or the other way, the ideas coming from the harmonic analysis are present through all the hmm. um, aspects of the program. And, and what, what brought you personally to harmonic analysis? Was it um, that it was a part of maths that particularly spoke to you for whatever reason? Um, well, yet again, quite frankly, I don't have a, fa- <laughs> a fancy <laughs> story common with it. I mean, it's sort of a... A uh, random sequence of events of choosing an advisor and so on. Mm. Um, I still, uh, you know, rightfully or wrongfully think that a lot of the things are sort of random chance. There are very few kids who actually know what research in mathematics means and mm. very few who um, have a very clear idea in graduate school of what they actually want to do. Mm. So the university where I ended up uh, was particularly strong in the field of harmonic analysis. Mm-hmm. There were sure. quite a few professors who have been really outstanding um, in this field, so it was a reasonably natural choice. Mm. Um, it's also tied up in my particular research with partial differential equations, which are... Um, main mathematical models of the physical phenomena and many other phenomena and um, that appealed to me at the time and to this date I collaborate with physicists and um, Mm. um, my research is quite closely related to questions coming from physics. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. Is it? It must be quite satisfying to... Physics generally tends to be uh, something that the mind mind of the public can... uh, relates to more readily than than pure and more abstract mathematics. So what kind of things have you been working with physicists on? Um, So our huge today's project is devoted to localization of eigenfunctions. Mm -hmm. And um, it combines at least uh, 10 um, uh, mathematicians and physicists in different universities in different parts of the globe. Actually, one of them here in Cavendish Lab, mm. so R- Richard Friend from um, um, Organic Semiconductors. 
Um, but also there are quite a few others in, uh, in Paris and University of California, Santa Barbara, back in the United States at MIT, mm. University of Minnesota. So the project uh, is at large devoted to the phenomenon called localization mm-hmm. of waves, which basically means that in the complex um, geometry, in a room of a very strange shape, for example, it could be that the sound localizes, meaning that you speak in one corner of the room and the person in the other corner does not actually hear you. Yes, I've seen ceilings like that in exactly. Uh, yeah, in, in buildings. Exactly, and uh, believe it or not, uh, despite the fact that it has been observed and incorporated in engineering constructions for a long, long time. This phenomenon is still not completely understood, and wow. it percolates a lot of areas of physics in particular. Right now, it's very relevant in quantum physics, as the matter can be viewed as waves. Hmm. And there, there are different manifestations of localization, such as, for example, Anderson localization by disorder, for which Anderson got a Nobel Prize in physics, which hmm. basically means localization of quantum waves in a disordered material. But also there are many in between, and um, this is at large the center of of our interest, both on mathematical and physical side. Mm. Yeah, so that's fascinating. I mean, from a, a an average person's point of view, it's it's really interesting to hear that something that I can physically experience is yet to be fully explained. Most definitely, you yeah. do. I mean, in part, yeah. LEDs, semiconductors uh, yeah, build yeah. this way at least some of them, and um, definitely acoustic waves. Yeah are subject to that and you know the noise abatement walls work this way as mm. well if you really look at them they are not necessarily sick but more so complex mm. i mean if you could just build an efficient wall by making it 20 times thicker that's what you would see around the highways sure. but what yeah. you actually see if you look at it is a rather complex structure and it turns out that it's that complexity that traps the waves mm, mm. and optimizing that complexity somehow both from the point of view of mathematics given the best results but also mm. from the point of view of engineering reality actually being able to build the material with such properties yeah is a big challenge yeah and the, the thought occurred as you were speaking just then that there are with as with all areas of mathematics the applications of the potential applications of this understanding are often so far removed, perhaps, from what one might assume. It's interesting to see how it sort of percolates into uh, in design of materials, for example. Right. I mean, I have to tell you quite frankly that I feel more lucky than, uh, um, you know, within the rule, having, having been able to see applications that mm. fast. I mean, sure. it really has been extraordinary to see the results of uh, what we have found out mathematically in engineering constructions yeah. share, I don't know, two years after the discovery. Mm. That's uh, somewhat rare. But um, all this being said, quite frankly, it's still the interest in mathematics of it that drives me. Mm. Um, and um, even in the middle of collaboration with physicists, I, I often go back to my corner and just prove theorems for the <laughs> sheer pleasure of proving theorems, which uh, I still find extraordinarily beautiful and satisfying whether or not they have applications. Mm. It's just sort of an art in itself. No, that's a wonderful thing to say. And um, do you think all mathematicians on that basis, do you think all mathematicians have it, have it equal? Do you think that no matter what specialty you're in, you've still got that joy of 
of the, the purity of whatever it is that you're working on? I would say so. I mean, it's true that, you know, everybody driven by his or her own um, uh, reasons into mathematics, but um, most definitely for most of us, it's really the, the beauty of the result by itself, the absolute truth behind it, mm-hmm. which drives us and uh, which, as I said, is extraordinarily satisfying somehow, no matter if it has applications or not, it's just a pure pleasure of the beauty of it. That's, yeah, that's wonderfully put. Thank you for sharing. Um, to change tack ever so slightly, we mentioned at the beginning that you are the Kirk Fellow for the ASC program. Now, uh, it's easy to look up, and I'll include a link in the description here to uh, what the Kirk Fellowship is. Essentially, it's a, uh, a, a, a fund to support a mathematician on each program hosted at the INI, and the stipulation is that they should be uh, from an underrepresented group. And of the five uh, so far, uh, they have all been women, um, mm-hmm. because women, it, we can give statistics uh, to support this uh, for hours, um, but uh, women are underrepresented in mathematics, and uh, it's not that there are not enough brilliant women, it is that they, are, they do not make up 50% of the uh, higher uh, positions within the science. Now, that aside, how do you feel about being made the Kirk Fellow for the programme? Um, I'm definitely very honored to be here in uh, this capacity. I think uh, this um, this makes a huge difference. I'm surprised and honored to be uh, um, to be one of the first. I know. I think I'm one of yes, the first. Yes, it is the first year. Exactly. Fellows, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, I uh, felt uh, that there is a public lecture which comes with the Kirk Fellowship, which I also felt was um, an extremely rewarding experience with the through interest from um, a lot of people, actually, not only from um, the approximation program, but across the institute. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, I think it's a fantastic development. I'm very honored uh, to be uh, one of the first uh, on, uh, on board of it. And, uh, mm. yes, thank you. Yeah, well, that's, I'm glad that you feel that way. And, um, obviously, we look forward to, um, to it continuing. And, uh, and and hopefully helping to um, highlight the brilliant women in the science. Um, it's an interesting topic. We were discussing it just before we started recording uh, about the attitude that some might have to it. Some might feel that it's it's fine to um, single out women and, uh, and give them an award for underrepresented groups. Others might feel that actually everyone should be considered as a mathematician and, and ignore that. But we can't avoid the fact that... Um, that, that women are not given the platform perhaps within the science that that by all accounts and by every uh, measure that they, they should have. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that at all? Um, well, as said, I'm honoured and happy to be a part of it. Um, and um, it's true that uh, women do not make up 50% of uh, the professor's pool and uh, the numbers are even more aggravated at the highest levels. I mean, if you already if you look at the level of full professors at sort of um, top, I don't know, 25-50 institutions, it's going to be much worse. And if you really look at the top few in the world, the numbers are going to be at the level of one, two per, de- per department. I mean depending on the size of departments, but the situation is um, really critical there. 
Um, what can I say? Well, there is a bag of mixed feelings, of course, which uh, comes with it. Um, quite frankly, as for me, I tend to not overthink it in mm. the sense that I'm happy to be um, the Kirk Fallon in this program. And um, I mean, I really think that there are so many outstanding women as well that uh, this is already a huge pool of competition. Um I really do think that it is important to support women in general and uh, in particular, I mean, I have uh, participated, organized a lot of things for younger generation and I'm very happy to see that uh, the situation is is changing, not of course due to or only due to my efforts, but the situation is changing in general and um, the only way it can be done is with the conscious effort in this direction. It just, if if there is no conscious effort, if there are no awards specifically um, designed to highlight the minorities, if there is no conscious effort to at least look at the minority files during the hiring and so on, um, there, there will be still no result because, I mean, there are numerous studies, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, of explicit and implicit bias and things like this. So there must be introduced some sort of a conscious effort in um, in this direction. So I'm hopeful that eventually it will even out and such efforts will not be needed. Mm. But um, at this point, um, I'm, I'm happy to be part of them and I'm very happy that younger generation is in um, much better shape than probably we were and definitely we already were in much better shape than the generation of mathematicians before us. Mm. Well, that's fascinating to hear and, and really interesting so thank you very much for sharing those thoughts. Um, before I let you go I wanted to ask you um, as the ASC program is, is drawing to a close as we record this uh, what lies ahead for you because there's a workshop this week and then I believe the end of next week ASC wraps up so what is next on your agenda? Um, there is still quite a bit of summer travel. I um, briefly go back to Ukraine, to my home country, uh, for both mathematical and non-mathematical reasons. And uh, then I go to Leiden in uh, Netherlands for um, uh, the Equadif 2019 conference, which is sort of one of the big yearly, I think yearly events in uh, partial differential equations. And then hopefully finally home because it's been already almost two months of travel. So mm. quite frankly, I, I'm sort of happy to have a chance to go home and uh, do some mess in my own corner, which is <laughs> what I have mentioned before. Sure. Yeah, that seems to be a recurring theme uh, when we interview the various academics that come to the Institute. Of course, by definition, uh, uh, two thirds, I think, of the participants here aren't based in the UK so and even the ones based in the UK it's often travel to come to Cambridge so it's exciting to uh, enjoy it vicariously through you. Right I have to say that uh, right here in uh, the the Newton Institute here I mean it has been the incredible opportunity to actually talk to people to collaborate with people I mean this is probably the primary way for mathematicians to collaborate because it lets you stay somewhere for an elongated period of time to Mm. work with the colleagues for more than two days in the conference between the talks and even when visiting in um, 
uh, colleagues at other institutions, it's much more difficult because, again, longer visits are typically hard mm. um, uh, with, the tra- with the teaching schedule and administrative duties and everything else. And also people who are at home are actually still tied up as people who are at home. Mm. So it sort of introduces some always uneven balance. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's still not both you and your collaborator being completely disengaged from administrative and activities and students and things like this. So it's a really unique, very nice mm. way to do mathematics that really pushes our research mm. um, in many ways. And um, we are grateful for an opportunity. Well, as far as I'm aware, that is exactly the intention at the Institute. So it's great to hear that it's exactly your experience. Um, so yes, Svetlana, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. And uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you in return. Um, I wish you all the best for the rest of the programme and for the exciting travels ahead. And, uh, and thanks once more. Thank you so much. Thank you.